I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, April 27, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. All right, what's on the docket today? We're going to look at a bunch of charts. We're going to talk about where the next top is going to come in. Are we looking for a top yet or are we not looking for a top yet? We'll get to that a little bit later. We'll talk about the first thing that jumps off the daily chart. We'll look at some other intraday charts. We'll look around the horn at some other markets, see what they're telling us. Basically, the bottom line is this. What jumps off the chart at me today is really not a lot different than was jumping off the chart on the weekend video. We got above the 50 period moving average Now they had what we like to call a continuation move. So they gapped higher on Monday and they kept going. Where did they keep going to? They went to challenge the old highs. We talked about that before. It was either going to be a gap above the old highs or they were going to have to challenge A, the old highs during the trading day and likely on the first run they're not going to get through the old highs. That is precisely what happened. The old high on the SPY chart is 287.30. The high on today's chart is 288.27, but we close at 288.10 beneath the old high. Now you'll remember from the weekend video, we took a look at that 287.30 number and we found kind of a transverse of that number, if you will. I think it might have been 283.70. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I remember scratching my head and saying, Yeah, right. Nothing, when you look at the market, when you look at the numbers, nothing is an accident or a coincidence. It just doesn't work like that. It's not a coincidence that we spiked the old high and closed below the old high today. Here's a little lesson that we can take away from what happens if the market gets above the old high. We're intraday. We're in a hypothetical intraday scenario. How do you find the next spot if it's not necessarily readily available on the daily chart. In this case, it pretty much was readily available. We had that 288.50 that we've been watching for quite some time. We didn't quite get there today. They came up about a quarter short, but it's pretty close. Are they done yet? Probably not. But there's always another chart of interest. So here's the daily chart of the S&P mini futures contract. And you'll notice that the high over here happens to be 28.85. We didn't get there today in the futures either. But there's always, or in most cases, another number. The futures trade different than the SPY since it trades overnight, pre-market. In a lot of cases, just like this, you'll have a different number on the same pivot. It's something else to watch. It's why Inside the Numbers members get commentary specifically early in the day on both the ES futures contract and the SPY contract because I am using the overnight data to come up with some of the early information that we need to have successful trades. Let's get back in our lane, daily chart of the SPY, what do we got going on? Well, the market is doing the thing that we said it was going to do. So when you've got something that's working and it seems to be that the technicals are adhering to what the chart is repeating back to me, so I'm trying to interpret what the chart is saying, the chart is telling me something, I'm conveying that information to you. When it happens to be right, you go with it 
until something changes. That's the duck theory. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, 80-20 rule says most of the time it's pretty much a duck. So is the market going to get above on a closing basis those previous highs made over here from the 17th of April? And the answer is, unless something drastically changes, we have some kind of black swan or even a mini black swan event overnight. We have a gap down in the morning for whatever the reason. Yes, that will be off the table until unless we find the market back up here. But barring that type of scenario, we should continue higher. Why is that? Well, it's the same thing we've been talking about. First, we started with an ABC pattern. A, B, C completes above the high of the A leg. But then we kept going, so we have another pivot high. We had a pullback. That's sloppy. Let's do it over again without the ABC deal going on. So we have an up move, a pullback. An up move, a pullback. We have another up move in process. We haven't got really above the high yet, specifically on a closing basis. But guess what? That doesn't mean it won't tomorrow or Wednesday or whenever. Now, let's talk about the other side. We have to be the umpire. We want to look at both sides of the tape. We're not interested in a home job. What's a home job? A home job is when the umpire favors the home team. Happens in Little League. Happens in high school. Doesn't happen in real baseball. It's not supposed to anyway. Where does this thing go bad? Where does the upside start coming off the table and we have to start looking down south? Well, first, for starters, it would be tomorrow getting below on an hourly basis and certainly closing below today's low. That would be a failure. That would be a fumble for the Bulls. So that's the first thing we're watching out for. What would happen if they did that? The first thing they would do is run down and fill the gap left open from Friday. What about after that? Well, inside the numbers, members will have that information lock, stock, and barrel. What about looking for a top? Are we looking for another top yet? We're going to start looking for another top, but we're not there yet. Where's the ideal place for looking for another top? Well, the ideal place is into these moving averages. How we get there, if we get there, when we get there is a whole nother ball game. But we should have a sell in May and go away on our hands, but May is not here yet. So May, from a number of points standpoint on the upside, can do a lot of damage. Before, I mentioned the email indicator. Let's get back to that real quick. I've got the email indicator. It's lit up like a Christmas tree. It's confirmation that there still are a lot of shorts in this market. Even inside the numbers members, not a whole lot, but a handful, were short the market even after I'm proposing a long trade first thing this morning right out of the chute. Why would they do that? Your guess is as good as mine. You guessed it. Speaking of inside the numbers, let's run through the notes because I want to show you two things that are important. One is... Where did that morning trade exist? What did it look like? And was there a stock on the move that hit its price target and had a rocket ride today? We'll get to that later. Bottom line, they went home bullish on Friday. They showed up today in the same suit. Right out of the gate, early in the morning, and this is posted probably 7-something, early 7 o'clock, 7.15 in the morning, we're already looking to 28.65 
which was the overnight high, and then we're already projecting that if, in fact, the market's going to trade through, we're looking at 28.85. Didn't get there today, but it came close. This is right there in the bottom third of your screen, up north. That's where it started. Then we have a down south commentary. We are the umpire. We're looking at both sides. And then we have the awareness thing going on first thing in the morning. They're either going to jam the market up, pull the rug out real quick on the Johnny-come-latelys. These are the FOMO guys, and girls, to be fair. Or the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew comes out, drops them real fast, then they pick up, turn around, and go back up north. One of those two things is generally going to happen on most days. If you've got the numbers and you've got the schematic, you can make some dough. Let's scroll up a little bit. So here we go, early thoughts. This comes out roughly about maybe 20 after 9, 25 after 9, somewhere in that neighborhood. I'm kind of getting a feel for the tape right before the opening bell. We're going to dig into this one a little bit because it really is the foundation of the morning trade. Again, two scenarios. Under normal garden variety behavior, if they run up to test the pre-market highs, 28.65, there's going to be overhead resistance up in that zone. That's if they did it real quick. What's the risk up there if they keep going? 28.85, we talked about that earlier. You always have to know both sides. You have to know where your ripcord is. You have to know everything before you even get into the trade. But what if Trick and Company shows up first to shake out the latecomers? Where would the market likely go to find support? There's a semi-fat round number of ES2850 and a breakup candle low at ES2843.75. Write that down for a second. In that zone, buyers should emerge if tested early. You know the routine, everything to the right of the vertical trend line is today's activity. Here's a five-minute ES chart. Here you go. 9.50 a.m. The low is 28.43.75, low of day. How do you like them apples? Where's your exit on the trade? 28.65. They kept going. First, they pulled back. But in terms of a trade, you're welcome to hold on to any trade you like. I'm giving you the deal of the morning. If you want to hold on for more, that's fine. At that point, is trader's choice. That makes the rest of the commentary pretty easy. What we're going to do is just scroll through. You can start and stop the video whenever you like. That was the crux of the trading day. It was very quiet. They get into a quote-unquote Monday float formation and really didn't do anything after that. They grinded higher, but there was no subsequent trade in the SPY slash ES contract. However, There was a stock on the move trade, which we'll get to in a moment once I can get to the top in the notes. You can feel free to read as much or as little of this as you like, depending on your interest level. But if you are active in the market during the trading day, I suggest you read the notes, go back to the charts, see what's going on, see what's going on right after the note is posted, see what the market does, see if, in fact, this particular trader me has a handle on the market and this is something that can benefit you throughout the trading day again if in fact you're active in the trading day what about stocks on the move only two go up on the board this morning market was floating higher there wasn't anything juicy that they were giving us this monday morning however what i will say is it's earnings season guess what they're going to come out fast and furious starting tuesday morning and going on for weeks So guess what? Just because Monday is quiet, Monday morning in particular, doesn't mean Tuesday throughout the remainder of the week will be quiet. 
So therefore, put your seatbelt on for stocks on the move. I will be in uniform, early, ready to go. OXY, Occidental. Entry, two of them. 1303, 1287. Let's go check out the chart. ZM or Zoom didn't hit. It came close and it took off like a rocket, but we got left at the altar in terms of my entry price today. How's Oxy doing? You saw on the board 1303 and 1287. Split the difference, it's 1295. And guess what? Is 1287 any important? Look at this retest, low 1287. That's the one that took off like a rocket ride. What was high of day? 1429 after a closing price on Friday, 1382. Getting a pretty decent haircut at the open. What did we do? Within pennies, essentially, picked off low of day it's the same thing that we repeat each and every day stocks are headed to a destination once they get there one of two things is going to happen they're either going to turn around and go in the other direction a la oxy or they're going to hang out for a cup of coffee what's the third option there is no third option if they cut through it like a hot knife through butter the number was wrong. We've also been looking, it's a little bit of a short hop, we're back to the SPY. We've also been looking at the 120 minute chart. And by the way, may I mention 281? As long as we're above 281, and there are levels now or price levels above 281 that are important that cause a fumble if below, we talked about it before. However, you know what happened? We got back above 281 and here comes the market making or at least attempting to make new highs made a touch of one today but attempting to get above the old high was there anything bearish on this chart that was alarming that we discussed over the last couple of days and the answer is no once it got above the convergence of these moving averages we were talking what bullish or bearish we were talking bullish and by the way I'm fully aware that there are plenty of bears out there that are hating what I'm saying. They're pounding the dislike button. I get all that. You're going to get another top, but it's not going to be where you think it is. It was already lower than price is. It's going higher. What's going higher? Price is likely going higher. I'm just reporting what the charts are telling me. If we get a black swan event, they pull the rug out, fair enough. There's a difference between a surprise and the interpretation of the data. This is an interpretation, and it has been an interpretation of the data. How about volume? Back to the daily chart. We didn't talk about volume in a couple of days. We have decreasing volume. A lot of folks underneath the video like to make a comment, isn't the market going to collapse because we have decreasing volume? Here's what I'll say, and this is always the same answer. The market went up from 2009 to this year on what? Decreasing volume. There's spikes along the way, of course. There's corrections along the way. But all in all, all things being equal, the market went up for 11 years on decreasing volume. Why would anybody be surprised the market is now going up on what? Decreasing volume. It's not a reason the market's going down. Get that out of your head. Whoever's telling you that, find out what other stuff they're right or wrong about, and then make a decision whether you want to listen to any more stuff. What's going on over in Camp IWM? I think we talked about the fact that the market was unlikely to stop at 125.88. I think we talked about that over the weekend video. If we didn't, I should have. I recall talking about it. Here we are. Didn't stop at 125.88. 
went into what? The 50-period moving average. Weren't we doing this a bunch of times and we did it on more than just this chart and then we said this will generally produce a continuation move? Does this have to be done? If symmetry has any value whatsoever, it's not over. Where do I get symmetry from? I get it out of the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. We spend some time on market symmetry, teach traders how to use it in two ways. A, how to find a top or a bottom in some cases, putting it together with other stuff. Also, finding an exit using symmetry from either a long or a short trade. Everything in the market you can use more ways than one. We haven't talked about the VIX in a few days, but we see the VIX breaking down. It tried to rally a little bit, but essentially all it did was put in a weak, bearish, flaggish, wedgish pattern, gets rejected by the moving averages coming into what? The 100 period moving average, 30 will under normal garden variety market conditions be some assemblance of support. It's an interesting round number. But there's also two other things going on at 30 in the VIX. You have the 100 period moving average, and then you have something else that's right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. It's a garden variety retracement. Is the VIX likely to find an assemblance of support at 30? Probably. Am I a buyer of the VIX at 30? No. Moving along. The transports. My second favorite market leading indicator, what was number one? The IWM. I didn't say it while we were on the chart, but you all know that already. The second favorite is the transports, but it's my number one favorite canary in the coal mine. We've also been doing this with the transports. We had the move up when we had the pullback into the 20 period moving average. It did this, right? And we talked about this probably 10 times. Nah, not quite 10 times, probably two or three. It goes up in a continuation move into what? First stop, 50 period moving average, not there yet. Challenging these highs, it's one step at a time. It doesn't have to be over yet. This, I can also look another way. I could say, this is a flagpole, and this is essentially a longer bullish, flaggish pattern that will have a higher or more pronounced continuation move all the way up to what? Maybe as high as even 9,500. It's not going to happen in one shot. They never make things like that easy, but that's what this chart is indicating until it doesn't. How about the Qs? Hasn't the Qs been somewhat of a canary in the coal mine for us? We know it's a leading indicator. We just don't like to use it. When tech is strong, it leads the market, but we don't like to use the Qs because it's what? It's top heavy in a handful of the names we know. Apple, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, you know, that stuff. It's above all the moving averages. Anything detrimental on the Q's chart? No. Is it in a downtrend? From a longer perspective, you can make a case. However, it's not really in a downtrend on the daily chart anymore. We talked about this the other day. It's in an uptrend being above all the moving averages. Basically, you really can't begin discussing this thing fumbling until it gets below on a daily chart close minimum of 205 and probably lower. The Qs remain bullish. Same routine as the other charts. They're challenging the double top area from the recent high. They don't have to get through it on the first run. They generally don't unless they gap over it. We talked about that the other day. Can they gap over it Tuesday? Maybe so. Can they pull back a little bit Tuesday and then go? Maybe so. We just don't know. We'll find out 
Tuesday, how about the XLF? Same routine, this chart looks like all the rest. Here we go, here's a pullback, it's a bullish flaggish formation, it's a poor rendition of one, but nonetheless, it's the same thing we've been discussing. We know the story with the financials. Without the financials, it's unlikely the market's gonna get very far in either direction. So here, we have a nice healthy up day, 3.5% in the financials on pretty good volume. What's that telling us? Is that an exhaustion move or is that new buyers or additional buyers or institutional buyers in a move that is not only beginning but has more to run? That's what the chart is saying. It's not saying exhaustion move. Exhaustion move would come at some kind of a high on the chart, not approaching the recent highs. That's the read. How can all this be happening in the face of coronavirus and businesses shut all that stuff, and we know stuff's going to start opening back up very, very slowly, but we can't expect stuff to open up in full anytime soon. How can all this be taking place in the face of all that? It's very, very simple. The wall of worry. The market climbs the wall of worry all the time. How does that happen? There's still too many shorts in the market. Until and unless the last short covers, the market will continue to go up. I say some of that tongue-in-cheek. It's not really the last short covering. I say it to make a point. How about Smash Mouth? Didn't have a tremendous update today. It wasn't really leading the tech sector up. It wasn't really leading the market up. Up 1.25%. Pretty good, but not leading. Essentially lagging. But it's into the 100-period moving average and the double top. Same routine. Got to give it a chance to bust through. So we're not going to read anything into lagging or leading everything was up today a rising tide lifts all boats nothing wrong with smash mouth it's trying to eclipse the final moving average in its way if i told you how much i appreciate each and every one of you and that without you these videos are not possible that is true and accurate information this is a pretty good place where i'm going to pull the ripcord it's everything i wanted to and intended to discuss today i'm david frost my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.